Welcome to the MacArthur Memorial Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Williams. Join me as we explore the life and legacy of General of the Army Douglas MacArthur and discuss a wide range of military history topics from the American Civil War to the Korean War. I'm Amanda Williams, and I'm joined today by my MacArthur Memorial colleague, Jim Zobel, and we're going to talk about MacArthur nuclear weapons and the Korean War. Now, on April 11th, 1951, General MacArthur was relieved of his commands by President Truman, and a lot of ink has been spilled about his firing, trying to unravel all of the details. But one story that consistently pops up, though, is the idea that MacArthur wanted to and actually requested to use nuclear weapons when he's in command of the war. Now, did MacArthur want to do that? Is that why he was fired? This is, again, a very common topic when people discuss his career. And so today we thought we would discuss some of the evidence uh, for these ideas. We might as well just start with it right up front. Jim, did MacArthur ever request to use nuclear weapons during his time in charge of the Korean War? Well, that's the story today, isn't it? I mean, every news article that comes out, every statement that's made about, you know, that time when they bring up MacArthur, they're all like, yo, he was fired because he wanted to use nuclear weapons. And no, no one's ever produced any document that MacArthur requests to use nuclear weapons during the war. He talks a lot about it uh, after the war, you know, after he's been relieved of command. But, uh, you know, Conrad Crane, who's up at the U.S. Army Institute, well, uh, they uh, Army Heritage and Education Command, we've gone and seen him. This guy's the expert on air power in Korea. And and he says, no, you know, there is no evidence. Roger Dingman did a lot of work in the 1990s, early 2000s about this nuclear question. And it comes out that during the war, no, MacArthur never asked to use nuclear weapons. Now, early in the war, Vandenberg and, and Ridgeway had gone out there and they had some conference where they were talking about if the Chinese come into this war, you know, all these mountain passes and MacArthur made this offhand comment, well, that's perfect, you know, thing for an atomic bomb, sweeten up my B-29 force, you know, but he'd never asked for it or, you know, asked for any more B-20. It was just a statement he makes. And then, and when you get into uh, March of 1951, you know, the Air Force had thought that the, the Soviets had moved four air divisions onto the border, and they're getting the nuke pits ready at uh, Okinawa, as well as in the Marianas. And MacArthur's like, okay, well, if this thing goes nuclear, it's going to be like, you know, in 30 minutes, Tokyo is going to be obliterated. You know, do I have nuclear capability? Am I in control of these things? And he's not asking to use them. You know, it's just... Uh, it's it's a thing, you know, if this event's going to happen. You know, what's the story? What, what's what's going to happen with this? But, you know, during the war uh, and even come later on uh, when Truman said he had asked for him, MacArthur's like, hey, produce the document. And, you know, Truman was like, well, I, I, no, he never asked for it. But, you know, I always thought he wanted to. So it's just something that's been perpetuated uh, for, you know, probably since 1964 because of those, you know, those interviews that come out after he dies. The military during the war is kind of getting prepared to use these kinds of weapons. But is the White House saying anything about the use of these weapons? After the Chinese came in, you know, in, in, in full force at the end of November of 1950, uh, early December, Truman has a, a press conference. And they, he's asked about the atomic bomb. And he's like, well, it's, you know, one of the weapons in our arsenal. It's on the table, you know, and uh, that 
freaked out Clement Attlee in Great Britain. And, and so he flew to the United States immediately to talk with uh, Truman about, you know, this, this statement about the atomic bomb. And then, like I said, when the when the Air Force gets wind of, you know, these intelligence that they believe that the Soviets have done this, you know, it's it's just um, it's on the table. You know, they know it's something that's in the scheme, but they're not like, you know, we're going to use this thing. Uh, it's just, you know, being being prepared pretty much, you know, like you hope they're all prepared today. And it's being driven more by fear of the Soviets, not necessarily fear of the Chinese in the war. Well, you know, the, the Soviets had the bomb. Uh, they had gotten it in August of 49. The whole time that they're embroiled in this war in Korea, they're, you know, even they so though they send Douglas MacArthur right to the border of China and Russia, they're not trying to get into a war with China and Russia, you know, and they're worried about the, the Russians moving into Western Europe. So uh, this fear is is always there um, that this thing could erupt. And, and that's what, you know, after the Chinese come in, MacArthur wants to bomb the Manchurian bases with, you know, conventional weapons. He wants to bomb the, the main munitions uh, source for China. Uh, and then he wants to put a blockade on, on the China coast. He wants to bring in Chiang Kai-shek's troops, you know, use it, but he, but he never asked for these nuclear weapons. And, and basically the, after the Chinese come in, the U.S. policy is, you know, inflict as many casualties on them as you can while we try to get them to the table. So MacArthur just sees this as, you know, confined murder to Korea. And so he's always looking for a way to win the war, which, you know, includes bombing Manchurian bases. And so that's when it comes into April uh, that that Truman says, you know, the, these policies that MacArthur wants to uh, use could lead to a third world war. So uh, Truman's definitely worried, you know, that, that, that they are on the verge of this thing. And, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much why they, why he's gotten rid of, because, he, you know, he's going against policy. There's also the fact that a few years ago, they did a big declassification. And also we had all of uh, MacArthur's military secretary's papers, Whitney, and he didn't turn over the classified stuff to the army, you know, when they left uh, Japan. And it turns out that, uh, you know, with these things coming in, um, in about uh, December of, of 1950, the War Department, Charles Bolt, who's a general there, asked MacArthur, you know, if this thing goes full warfare with the Soviets and it goes nuclear, do we have sites that we want to bomb? And MacArthur responds to it, yes, these are the 26 places that we would use you know, and hit with nuclear targets. And these were all from those plans from the 1940s, like uh, undershot or long shot, something like that, uh, you know, where it, they all thought it was going to be nuclear war. And so the thing is, is that uh, a lot of authors have latched onto that second message, you know, where MacArthur says, these are the sites that would be bombed, and they don't look at that first message. And so that shows that, you know, they're all thinking about war at the Soviet Union, but it also shows when they talk about this message, that's a lot of the confusion as well about MacArthur and nuclear weapons, because they don't ever, you know, talk about that first message Bolt sends in saying, you know, what are the sites if this, you know, thing goes to full warfare for the Soviets. So yeah, they're, they're, that's a main you know, thing behind everything, you know, uh, during the Korean War is, is, is not wanting it to escalate, you know, but the thing is, is after MacArthur pulls off Inchon, they all get ginned up, you know, they change the, the war aim, let's go and unite the country, hold free elections. As soon as the Chinese come in, they change the war aim again. It's, you know, why'd you get into it in the first place? Flash forward a little bit to 1952, so after MacArthur's been relieved of his commands, 
he presents a plan to president-elect Eisenhower about how to win the war. He definitely talks about using nuclear weapons in that plan. So what's going on there? Right when Eisenhower was going to take over office come in 52, uh, MacArthur puts out this thing, you know, we could win the war tomorrow if we want to. And and Truman was like, well, what's he talking about? And MacArthur's like, I'm done you know, with that. But Bradley gets a hold of him. Omar Bradley is the chief of staff of, you know, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he says, what's this plan? Eisenhower wants to talk to you. And so MacArthur goes to see Eisenhower, you know, right before he takes over. And MacArthur says, look, the Russians know you. The Russians fear you. You know, they respect you. You're the only one of all of us that they have that feeling about. What you can do is go to them and say, look, we'll pull out of West Germany. You pull out of Eastern Europe. We'll get out of Korea. You guys get out of Korea and we'll start talking and we'll draw down all this nuclear stuff. And he says, if you go to them and they reject it, well, we'll end the war in Korea tomorrow. And, you know, he doesn't really say we'll drop all these atomic, but you know what he's saying, you know, because during that those speeches in 51 to 52, MacArthur was was saying, I don't know why we're letting ourselves being pushed around by this country who we have a total scientific monopoly on, you know, that we could, you know, uh, eradicate tomorrow. And so MacArthur was of that feeling, you know, why are we just continuing with this uh, complete slaughter in Korea, you know, when we could we we could end this thing, you know immediately. But he, you know, he goes to Eisenhower and says, you know, you've got to go to the Soviets and they don't do it. You know, they, they don't think it's, it's, it's a plausible plan. Do we know how Eisenhower reacted personally to that? MacArthur said that Eisenhower initially was like, wow, this is brilliant. You know, and, and, but John Foster Dulles was there and secretary of state and he's like, no, this, this won't work, you know, and immediately, you know, tampered down on on Eisenhower's, you know, enthusiasm for it. But that's, you know, that's what MacArthur said. All right. Well, moving forward again, then to 1954, MacArthur gives an interview in which he describes what he thought would have been, again, a winning strategy for the Korean War. Tell us about this interview, because it's certainly gotten a lot of interest from scholars over the years. It's MacArthur's birthday, uh, January 26, 1954. And uh, he gives two interviews, uh, Jim Lucas, you know, a very famous journalist at the time, and Bob Considine, you know, as well. And, and these guys have known MacArthur uh, for years. And MacArthur grants them both interviews. And they come up there. Now, the thing with MacArthur is uh, a journalist could never be writing down anything in a notebook. You had to remember, you know, what happened, and then you would go out and you would type it up. You know, they talked about that in Tokyo, where all these uh, journalists would go see him, and then they'd have a typewriter set up right outside, and that gives MacArthur, you know, total deniable, you know, plausibility. Did he do that with Considine and Lucas? We're not really sure, but uh, they go in there, and MacArthur just gives this diatribe against the military hierarchy. All these people, you know, he's worked with the whole time. You know, he feels like they're appeasing this situation. And uh, they asked MacArthur, uh, both of them, basically, you know, could you have won the war in Korea? And MacArthur said, yeah, I could have easily won it. All I had to do was drop 30 to 50 atomic bombs on the Chinese uh, air bases under cover of darkness. And then we bring in Chang's troops and put in two amphibious uh, Marine overnight. But it doesn't get published until like the week after MacArthur's death. And, you know, this was apparently something that MacArthur had worked out with them, that this would come out, you know, after he had died. And it's basically MacArthur's, you know, he's he's saying in there in 
1951, we had the opportunity to squash uh, China's military capability uh, for the next 100 years. And he said, you know, kept saying, now I'm really worried that uh, because that didn't happen, that, you know, the Chinese and the Russians are going to have time to amass the forces to eventually, you know, take us on with the belief that they could, you know, wipe us out. And that's, you know, what he's what he's putting forward in this thing. And you'll see in his letters throughout the rest of, you know, his life where he's like, you know, I, I think we can handle the situation, but, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, does anybody have the will, you know, to to take this thing on? And that's the what sounds out there. And so when that comes out in 1964, that's when everybody's like, oh, look, he just wanted to, you know, nuke them all and take them out. And but it's hard to discern, you know, what really did Luca, you know, after the after the thing came out, Whitney, who was MacArthur's um, major general military secretary, said, oh, these interviews never happen. But uh, Charles Willoughby, who was MacArthur's intelligence chief, the whole time he was like, yeah, of course that happened. He was telling me this stuff all the time that this is exactly what we should do. You know, so uh, it it comes out then. And, and that's where I think, you know, this whole thing about MacArthur asked to use nuclear weapons during the war. And, you know, as of yet, will something come out one day? Maybe. But as of as of yet, nobody has produced anything that, you know, MacArthur's asking to use nuclear weapons while he's there in Korea, you know, and, and he he would he would go to his grave worried that the United States would fall. The West would fall. Right. You brought up a good point. Though. I mean, you have obviously combed through every sort of record that's available to us at this point. But do you think that there's anything out there, perhaps things that are still classified that might kind of change the interpretation of perhaps MacArthur actually asking to use these? Well, they declassified most a lot of things, you know, a great deal, uh, you know, especially about, you know, these, this thing with Ridgeway and the chemical weapons uh, in early January. When the Chinese were coming down, they were right. moving back to that Pusan perimeter again. Ridgeway's asking MacArthur to use chemicals, use gas, you know, because he's worried about their heading to another Dunkirk. And MacArthur, you know, says, no, we don't have clearance for that. That is a presidential decision. Besides, we don't want to open the genie on that bottle. You know, once you let that go, then it's, you know, so it's it shows that he's not really some you know crazy person that wants to use every uh, weapon there is. But it also shows that this stuff is all out there. Mm-hmm. You know, at least most of it. And like we were saying, Conrad Crane, you know, the expert, he's combed through everything. You know, we've known all these people who have combed through things, you know, throughout the years. It's the main thing that we've been looking for for forever. And it's, you know, no one's no one's produced anything yet. I think something that I always find kind of surprising is that people are not horrified at all by Ridgeway requesting to use some of these chemical, chemical and biological, or was yeah. it just chemical? Yeah, Both? like gas, yeah. Okay. But MacArthur is a madman, you know, for responding to messages and requests about the bombs. But anyway, moving on. So 1960, former President Truman gives an interview and he publicly accuses MacArthur of wanting to use these weapons in Korea. How does MacArthur respond to Truman's interview? Well, he comes he comes out the next day, you know, in the newspaper and, and says, hey, if you you know, if you're going to say this, produce the document, produce, you know, something that said I ever asked for this. And this, you know, this is the crux of the whole argument, because Truman comes out, you know, basically the next day and says, well, I, I don't have that. I just thought that's what he wanted to do. 
You know, he, you know, he, and he, and he had says right there, no, he never asked to use them during the war. And so, I mean, to me that, you know, at least in that sense seals it in, in, unless, you know, Truman realized he had violated national security by admitting something, you know, that wasn't, you know, out in the public domain yet. But like we say, again, nobody's, you know, nobody's produced anything. Right. That's what I've always wondered too. It's either no MacArthur never asks or. Truman was like, oops, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then one last question. So we've established that there's this perception today that MacArthur was an absolute dangerous madman um, during Korea because he just wants to use these, these weapons. What are your final thoughts on that? When MacArthur comes back in in 51, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, like we've said, and D. Clayton James said, the whole problem between all these people is this crisis of communication. You know, nobody's communicating, really. Uh, everybody on Truman's staff is like, you know, MacArthur's a jerk. And everybody on MacArthur's staff is like, hey, Truman's a jerk, you know, and they don't they don't work things out. Uh, you've got the JCS, which is all terrified of MacArthur. I mean, they're all lieutenants when MacArthur was, a, you know, a general already. And it's not until after the Chinese come that then they're like, oh, gosh, you know, why did we listen to him, basically? I mean, they still work with him. And, and MacArthur doesn't make any kind of mistakes after the, you know, the Chinese come and all his actions are, you know, are viewed as being uh, totally correct at the time. But the thing is, is it comes into this realm of what are they working for? Because they keep changing the directives of what they're trying to get out of this. And that's why the war colleges and everybody after this went into the whole decision of war aims. That's what you saw, you know, with the Gulf War, where Bush was like, we're going to accomplish these few things and then it's going to be over. We're not going to do any more than that. It was like getting into it, like a realistic of understanding of what you're going for. Um, And that all comes out of Korea because they kept changing their minds as to what they wanted to do, how they were going to do it. And then you've got this whole limited versus total war thing because of the atomic bomb. And I think MacArthur felt that that at that time that, you know, you might as well get it all out of the way before we get to this point where we have hundreds of thousands of missiles and, you know, atomic bombs and all of our arsenals, which we do today. It's you can sit there and label him a madman. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's definitely, you know, got a high belief in his own ability, um, you could say, but you know, a madman, everything he's predicted kind of came true. Well, thank you, Jim. We are not General MacArthur's public affairs people. (laughs) Um, That would not be very good history. That would not be very interesting history. Here at the Memorial, we have always had a culture of trying to think very critically about the facts and always trying to understand and interrogate the sources that we have to make sure that our interpretation of history is, is very nuanced. So, Thank you all for your topic suggestions, and thank you all for sharing these discussions with us. We hope that they've been very interesting for you. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, we want to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, at MacArthur1880, on Facebook as the General Douglas MacArthur Memorial, or you can email MacArthurMemorial at Norfolk.gov.